0: Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental and social justice stories from across Australia and the world, produced in the studios of 3CR Radio and broadcast across this continent on the Community Radio Network. I'm Jem Rommel. This week, we're tuning into grassroots battles for renewable energy transitions in the Northern Territory and South Australia. Later in the show, we'll speak with Lisa Lumsden from Repower Port Augusta. But first up, let's tune in to the Alice Springs Energy Debate. I attended a snap rally at the Brewer Road Estate just outside Alice Springs in late July when the Chief Minister of the Northern Territory, Adam Giles, was announcing a $75 million government investment in new gas turbines. This activated the local community who want to see Alice Springs, a town with endless sunshine, become a solar city and leave fossil fuels and gas fracking behind.
1: My name's Heather McIntyre, and um, I live, I've been living in the Territory for over four decades now, so I get a little bit passionate about my landscape, about my water, and about our potential as well. So that's why I've put myself here today. Good
2: yeah. On you. Yeah, my name's uh, Eden Baxter, and uh, I'm just coming up to about 10 years, so I've got a lot of love and respect for this place too.
0: Okay, so can you tell me why we're here today?
2: Um, well, look, I just got a message last night saying there was a big announcement um, about uh, the furtherance of a $76 million uh, spend on uh, developing uh, further gas um, generators for uh, gener- uh, electricity generation in Alice Springs. And uh, a bit disappointed about that. I really feel that it should have been um, a much more thoughtful uh, spend of such a large amount of money. And it definitely for me, it was all about a significant portion going to solar and uh, um,
1: that sort of technology
0: Mm. and can you tell us where we are today and what is standing uh, what, what is behind us
1: We're at the Brewer Road Estate, which is the uh, powerhouse out here, the Territory Generation powerhouse, and this is where it's expected the new gas turbines are going to be put online here, and that will, you know, the $75 million um, gas turbine, so we're here, obviously, because Adam Giles is making an announcement about that. Um, I suppose my bent on the situation is the fact that... um, we're a solar city, we have been a solar city in the past, we were branded as a solar city for seven, for five years um, a number of years ago and we had Desert Knowledge which was about one of the leaders around the place to be able to um, generate more you know, um, research into solar technology, advance it, and whatever. And of course, that's been taken off the table. And with the worldwide si- situation of climate change happening, there are many countries around the world who are working towards renewable. And South Australia in itself is working towards a 40% renewable target. There, um, yes, they've had a hiccup in the system, but part of that, what that hiccup has done, is created now a discussion around how Australia really has to get together and being able to. F- formulate a plan about how we move to renewables. It is about climate change. It's about having clean energy. That's what Adam Giles has just said, that we do have clean energy here. Then I don't know why you would dispute that the Rod Goodwin powerhouse, therefore, is unclean. It's a contradiction in terms to me. So, you know, and his idea is that we frack the whole of the Territory to be able to get that gas. And if you want 90% of the, the, the Territory fracked to supply this gas, this particular powerhouse I think that's pretty uneconomical in terms of um, landscape industrialization of the landscape uh, resources tourism everything mm. so I just figure that's why I'm here today really mm. is to change his mind.
0: Great and so there was a bit of a gathering here this morning um, and you had a bit of an interaction with Adam Adam Giles can you tell me a little bit about that?
2: Um, yeah, sure. I guess there's uh, been a pretty um, short notice. There's um, all people down here to uh, just show a bit of solidarity against uh, uh, going in this direction. And yeah, I think uh, the We've interaction was chance. Adam. 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 Adam didn't come past, and he did sort of uh, launch off into uh, the media soundbites as to why um, he's taking us this in, in this direction. Um, uh, interestingly he sort of quoted a few uh, debates that are occurring at a national level we've got the um, the big uh, talk in the Australian about uh, renewal of the, the coal industry and, and, and that direction and some cutbacks in solar energy and uh, put it into perspective with uh, South Australia and look these are absolutely critically contested arguments about the future viability of our energy networks and how we make our energy work in this country and uh he sort of talked about it as if it was a done and dusted argument and that's just um you know it's not really correct and obviously we're very keen to sort of point out that uh we're not um zealots about everything has to immediately change tomorrow but this is a 75 76 million dollars spend it's tied right into a massive big uh policy push to try and open up fracking in the territory and um totally contradict the identity and the existing industry that we've got and uh and there's no allocation at all in that 75, uh, 76 million dollars spend uh, into solar energy. And Alice Springs has, as uh, Heather just pointed out, got a fantastic reputation as a world-class leader in that in that field. And and we've just given it nothing. So we're basically mm. completely culling a whole component of uh, you know a future that um, would have been ripe and ready to pursue.
0: Mm. And how can you see? Alice Springs um, transitioning to be a solar town. What's how how would you like to see that happen from now into the future?
2: I'll give mine real quick. I reckon it's just going to come down to a vote, and hopefully um, we can uh, find some salvage some sort of uh, direction that this government has pushed us into. I'm sorry to say it's that simple for me. Um, other than that, just community organising. But you know.
0: Yeah, and what's that? What's that vote? You've what's the August 27 oh, the ter- vote?
2: Territory elections coming up, mm. and. Um, you know, let's face it, we'd all like to give all of our um, political parties in this country a good fair go. But uh, at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, it's just my opinion in this article, the uh, Conservative CLP government hasn't performed on a whole range of fronts. And this, for me, is probably the one thing that just that's sort of icing on the cake. Really disappointed they couldn't have put just a, a, a component to uh, the solar uh, future for this, for this great town.
1: Mm. And I think sometimes for me is what is, well, not just, not sometimes, but foremost actually is the debate for me really is, which I think is lost in the argument somewhat, is that fracking is going to involve uh, our water table and we have a finite resource in the Territory. We gather our water from informa- uh, from uh, underground and fracking is actually going to compromise the the, um, the safe drinking water that we have in this town. So if we're looking after... so. It seems to me it's about short-term gain rather than long-term planning. Mm. And uh, that's an issue around Australia about renewable energies and about our present situation with coal seam gas. Yeah, so Mm. I wouldn't tell anybody really how to vote, but my sense is if you want a cleaner, safer uh, landscape in the Territory, well, you wouldn't be going, you wouldn't be voting CLP. CLP, yeah. That
0: was Heather McIntyre and Eden Baxter. Alice Springs activists pushing for a solar city. You can find out more about this campaign from the Arid Lands Environment Centre, who called the Snap Rally. Let's turn our ears now further south where the desert meets the sea, the town at a crossroads, and choosing now what kind of energy future it will create. I spoke with Lisa Lumsden from Repower Port Augusta a campaign coalition with a detailed proposal for a renewable energy revolution in a region where the lifespan of coal has reached its end. Now, if you can please start by explaining a bit about what Repower Port Augusta is.
3: Yeah, Repower Port Augusta is a campaign um, run by volunteers here in Port Augusta and um, affiliate environmental and um, union groups around South Australia um, and initially we, we formed about five years ago seeking to transition our coal-fired power station here in Port Augusta to a solar thermal power station. Um, we wanted to see a smooth transition from uh, coal phasing out and into, directly into a solar thermal power station. However, um, we haven't been able to achieve that and the uh, coal-fired power station has actually closed before we've been able to get a solar thermal power station up. But um, for those who don't know about it, um, solar thermal power is where um, you have uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of mirrors um, focused um, at a at a point. Um, often that's at the top of a tower. And through that um, tower, this um, is one model. Through that tower um, is molten salt, and that molten salt heats up to very high temperatures, and then it's stored, and there it can, then it can be released. Um, as heat um, to boil water and create steam and turn turbines, just like a coal-fired power station does. So it's, it creates a similar mechanism, operates a similar way, um,
0: except the heat's generated from the sun. OK, and why did you choose that as your preferred model of what you would like to see Port Augusta transition to?
3: Yeah, I suppose we're very lucky. We,
0: all, Having a coal-fired power station,
3: we already have a workforce um, that understand thermal power generation and know and under you know know that um, and um, we as a community have uh, lived with a coal fire power station for over sixty years and for at least the first forty of those um, the, the town um, suffered under immense pollution um, and uh, so the way I see it is that the community kind of um, made a trade-off, they exchanged their health <laughs> for the economic stability that, that that power station brought, and it did bring considerable economic stability to a to a regional town that didn't have much else happening at the time. Um, uh, but about five years ago, um, I think people were starting to see that the writing was on the wall with... Um, Climate change and and you know raised awareness around that and the need for closures um, and you know transitions from fossil fuels and I think people started to see that the writing was on the wall and a group came to Port Augusta um, called Beyond Zero Emissions and they presented a plan where Port Augusta could be the centre of a transition towards solar thermal and um, it fitted perfectly. when we have an abundance of sun here, we have loads of flat land. Um, and we basic, and we have the, the trained workforce. we had everything that you need to to be able to make that happen. and we from an economics perspective and an investor perspective, they also like to be really close to um, the power grid, electricity grid, and um, we're sitting on it because we've already got a power station. we've had a power station here for so long. So um, all the infrastructure's here, and it's a really logical place to to put it. Um, we tick all the boxes. so um, there was a handful of people that were part of those initial meetings with Beyond Zero Emissions um, and the City Council as well got on board and we kind of started re Port Augusta. Um, and uh, since then it's been a, a really full-on campaign um, and, uh, and we've had lots of highs and lots of lows. Mm. But essentially overall there's been a lot of progress. Mm. Um, so you know, I think we're, we're close. We haven't quite got it, but mm. we're pretty
0: close. So what's happening with the tower? I notice when you drive into into Port Augusta, it's really interesting. There's this kind of futuristic, white gleaming tower with a looks like a huge bright mirror on it, mm. and then you come past the old power station, which is really dirty and, um, yeah, quite a quite an eyesore. What what's that structure that's already there?
3: Um, so that's called SunDrop Farms, um, and it's a greenhouse that is completely off grid um and um off water so it's um they desalinate wow. their own water from the gulf um using solar thermal technology so instead of the molten salt that i described before um they pump water up through there, um heat it boil it basically which condenses it so they can separate the the uh, salt uh, from the from the, the seawater um and use that water to water the plants um, wow! Yeah, and um, and they also uh, I think it's covered in solar panels as well, and they generate mm-hmm. their own electricity as well. So it's completely off grid. It's a it's a world first. It's a major. Um, it's a huge size, um, and they've got the um, a ten year contract with Coles to supply um, tomatoes to the nation from Port wow. Augusta. So it's a really exciting project. Yeah. Um, they only obviously they're only. Um, They've built that solar thermal tower for their own needs um, and what we've been, which is really exciting, I mean it confirms the fact that we are the mm. perfect place to put one, mm. um, but what we're looking for and what we've been lobbying for is um, is a utility scale electricity mm. solar thermal power station with storage so mm. that the storage will provide electricity 24 hours a day, you know, has the capacity to provide electricity 24 hours a day and also can respond to the intermittency that is created by wind and solar voltaic, mm-hmm. uh, photovoltaic um, uh, solar panels. Mm-hmm. And um, because I think everybody's... There's a growing understanding that, obviously, the sun and the wind um, vary mm-hmm. and uh, that creates an intermit- intermittency that, um, that the future has to be able to respond to. And mm-hmm. that's another fabulous thing about solar thermal is that it can... Mm-hmm. It's on demand... Um, you know we can boil water <laughs> with this heat, mm-hmm. um, as ne- as necessary, and you're not burning coal. Previously, um, coal would burn, um, and they would be not selling any electricity just so they could keep the um, the power station running mm-hmm. for when the demand came, and um, which is a great concern for the environment mm-hmm. and for the community around. Um, and it's a waste. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, whereas with solar thermal. Uh, you don't have that because you're just using the sun. You're not mm. wasting anything. Mm.
0: So is the proposal to use the same site where the coal plant has been shut down or is that going to be dismantled and then you're looking at another site for the first, and I understand it's the first solar thermal plant for public use in Australia? Yeah.
3: Yep. So um, the <clears throat> the coal-fired power station's currently um, commenced its clean-up phase um and that's going to take about two years um i'm sure if they get any applicants for people and companies want to use that who want to use that site they they will be very receptive um but essentially that site's um in in that process of remediation um there's been two um significant proposals to build solar thermal in port augusta though um and in, in the last sort of i suppose real proposals in the last six to twelve months and um Uh, One of those is um, a company called Solar Reserve and they want to build um, north of Port Augusta, um, we understand, and um, that would be, they're hoping, I think, to build about a 110-megawatt power station, which is much smaller than what we previously had. Um, mm. uh, but it is the largest size that these solar thermal power stations have been built so far. And this company has built one that size, already a very su- a successful one in Nevada. Mm, that's a so um, living example. Yeah. Mm. So, But it's an American company. So, um, But they're in the process of trying to secure um, a buyer for their power. Mm. Um, and um, the second proposal is a company called Solar Store, um, and they're looking to use Australian technology. Um, it's a growing it's a, it's a it's a new very new technology where they um, reflect the mirrors up to a point which is actually graphite so there's no um, so the fluid um, the the water is pumped through the graphite so the graphite heats up to immense temperatures and retains that quite well mm-hmm. um, and um, so they pump the water through the graphite to boil it um, mm-hmm. as distinct from putting the molten salt in a storage tank um and uh that so that that proposal the size of that is between from memory 110 to about 180 Mm -hmm. um, megawatts so uh, it's a slightly bigger size um but that um so it's exciting to see an australian proposal solar thermal proposal um look like it you know, might come. So they're also looking uh, and securing a site here in Port Augusta, and mm-hmm. we hope that both of them will get over the line. But we believe that you know, both of them are still, like all, um, all power stations, fossil fuels or not, um, uh, require some additional support to get over the line,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: um, policies or what have you. And those, both of those, are seeking uh, federal government support mm-hmm. um, uh, in one way or another. Mm-hmm.
0: You're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country and broadcast all across these stolen lands on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Lisa Lumsden from the campaign coalition Repower Port Augusta. And what's the lie of the land with the state and federal government and support or non-support for these proposals? Well,
3: during the election campaign, we um, had both um, major parties federally um, uh, make... Really positive statements about Port Augusta being the first on the cab off the rank um, in terms of um, getting support for solar thermal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really exciting. Mm. Um, I mean, that, that is a major uh, that's major progress for this campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we still haven't seen that happen, and we've seen we've seen um, the state government. Um, uh, in December last year put out an expression of interest uh, for people low carbon um, new low carbon uh, pro- energy providers um, to supply their power needs the government power needs so they're mm-hmm. using their their power to purchase um, to try and lift um, the economy and lift the, the, um, the growth of renewables um, and um, 25% of that actually has been allocated recently there's been a tender a formal tender for that but there still remains 75% Unallocated, and we're hoping that that will come to solar thermal, but mm-hmm. it still also hasn't happened. And we we it's sort of like this uh, this game that kind of you mm-hmm. know does it, does the, does the state commit first and then go to mm-hmm. the feds and say come on, you know you said you would or mm-hmm. does the feds do the feds sort of come first and then the state mm-hmm. join? I don't know. But Adelaide um, Adelaide City Council have made a commitment uh, to become uh, they want to become the first um, uh, state in the world to be one hundred percent renewable mm, and wow. um, they 're on track for a first city sorry major yeah. city capital city um, and they 're well on track to working out how they 're going to do that and we okay. hope that they will collaborate with the with the state government mm. um, and uh, we hope to see some benefits up here, but we you know we mm. we are a um, we are so lucky up here. I think at the moment, we, when we're going through—don't get me wrong—we are going through really rough times. Mm. We've got massive high high unemployment. We have even higher youth unemployment, um, and even higher um, Aboriginal unemployment. Um, and um, and we've had the closure of the power of the power station, which was employing two hundred people. Mm. Um, uh and and the and the lee creek coal mine a uh,
0: few hundred kilometers up as
3: the, well yeah so that was feeding in as well and that had about 200 people as well so there's been massive job losses significant job losses um, um in the region however i think whilst there's been a gap and i wish there hadn't been a gap in terms of the transition to renewables i think it's coming and um, one of the indicators for that is the sundrop farms project that we discussed but also um, a couple of weeks ago the um, a company called dp energy um, had planning approval granted from the state government to build a wind solar pv farm at the entrance to south of port augusta mm-hmm. um, and so that's i feel to 59 wind turbines um, and a massive solar array um, and that's they're just looking for funding now but Mm. apparently they're being inundated with with offers so um i I don't have any doubt then that 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 will be seeing that and so the entrance to port augusta from the south Mm. will be quite an impressive statement yeah you you know you will drive into port augusta Mm. and you will drive through basically there will be wind turbines on both sides Mm. you you know there'll be a a tunnel of wind turbines, and then you'll see this glowing solar thermal tower mm. from SunDrop Farms. And we hope that if we get the other two projects up, major projects up, off in the distance, you'll see another mm. glowing.
0: As beacon. well as the Flinders Ranges. As well as, back- as the Flinders
3: Ranges <laughs> as a backdrop. So um, it'll be, you know, we, we have been talking for quite a long time now um, that we are we are blessed here with our mm. geography. Um, we have everything that we need to become the renewable energy hub of Mm. australia and we are going for it as hard as we Mm. can um council is um our repower port augusta group is um and um the community is is right behind it so Mm. um it's it's a uh it still seems to be a slog um which um is always a bit exhausting (laughs) but Mm. um but I think overall we are we are making good headway, mm. um, and I think the um, the number of the amount of interest that we're getting uh, from from Australia but also internationally about
0: about Port Augusta um, uh, tells us that it's it sounds like all the ducks are slowly getting in a row. I'm wondering what the feeling is in in town with the local community. Are there any sort of obstacles there, or, or are there any voices that are um, calling for another coal plant? Is there anyone who seems to be opposed to this renewable energy future? Not not
3: that I've met. Um, Everybody that I speak to is encouraging of that. I think everybody could see that the writing was on the wall for um, the power station. It's been... I think for someone told me that... um, a lady whose husband worked at Lee Creek, you know, for ten or fifteen years, they've been anticipating that the Lee Creek was going to run out of coal. Mm-hmm. Um, now it didn't run out of coal, um, and even up until the day before uh, the the company Alinta announced that they were closing, um, they were saying they'd be open till 2030. So it was mm-hmm. um, it was wow. really market forces that um, that really push them out and i think that's because of the um that that inability i mentioned before to respond to the intermittency Mm. um created by wind and solar pv Um, and um so i think the community i think the community have always sort of anticipated it wouldn't go forever Mm. um we would have very much liked a smooth transition um we would have liked to you know from the date that that they made you know Linda made that announcement we would have liked the uh, the governments to have come together and said right we're going to secure power mm-hmm. for let's for south it. australia this is a it's a fabulous plan we've yeah. got interested parties let's do it yeah. unfortunately that didn't happen mm-hmm. um and so now we're in this gap and we've and we've seen in the community um you know we've watched at least 30 families leave young families leave town mm-hmm. to seek el- work um elsewhere um uh due to you know mm. during the the period towards the close leading up to the closure mm. um and um there's quite a few people still hanging around see, hoping and mm. waiting to see what happens and mm. um you know we've got Arium the the steelworks mm. you know only 45 minutes drive away in Wyala, mm. who are also suffering um and uh you know that's mm. going to crucify that town so mm. In many ways, we as a community think that yes, we're going through a a, a massive low, mm. but at least we have some things and some some hope on the horizon mm, sure. um, compared to other communities.
0: Mm. So that that's generally the view that I that I tend to hear. Mm. So, is there anything that our listeners can do to help kick along the campaign or anything? coming up certainly i mean people can um check out the website but they certainly
3: can um, we always are looking for people um to to contact their local member and um by writing a letter or email or giving them a phone call and i i've realized that really their job is to listen and hear people's concerns and people's views and um and that uh it's our job to make them heard Mm -hmm. and um and we we can't just complain about it without actually telling them we -hmm. have to get on it and actually, you know, front up and actually Mm -hmm. put our views and our points points in there. And Port Augusta um, would very much appreciate people everywhere Mm -hmm. nationwide telling their federal members um, uh, that they want to see the first solar thermal power station built in Port Augusta.
0: That was Lisa Lumsden from Repower Port Augusta. And before that interview, we spoke with Heather McIntyre and Eden Baxter, at a snap rally against the NT government's new investment into gas expansion, calling instead for renewable energy. You can find out more about both of these battles for energy transitions at the websites of the Arid Lands Environment Centre, which is alec.org.au, and Repower Port Augusta, which is repowerportaugusta.org. This has been Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR and broadcast across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. We'd like to thank the Community Broadcasting Federation for their financial support and the good folk at the Community Radio Network for getting this program out to you, our listeners. I'm Jem Rumold and you can get in touch with the Earth Matters team by emailing earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. You can call up 3CR on 03 9419 8377 or you can find our page on Facebook. The music you've heard on this show is by the Black Vat Trio. Tune in again next week for another dose of Earth Matters.